Well, it's a great blessing for us to be back here in the city of Preston. It's been around 10 years since we were last here. And before this morning, what we'd like to do is get some tracks out, some DVDs, and try and awaken the consciences of you people from Preston. And I'd like to start with a great verse from the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation and appears to all men, teaching us that tonight ungodly or worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Not always easy, I know. And if you are told to be holy, for the Lord is holy, the Bible speaks about a day of judgment. And I'll discuss that more in a few moments. Then for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We are Bible, believing Christians, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses, we're not Mormons, we're not Catholics, we're not Anglicans, we are Bible, believing Christians. We love Almighty God, we love the Bible, we have been changed, we have been saved, we have been the with a Christ. It is like this. If you sin against God, and we all have done, only God Himself can forgive you. And if you spend any time speaking to religious people, nine times out of ten, they will say, well, join our religion, start to tithe, do this, do that, and perhaps, just perhaps, all will be good. The Bible says forget it. The Bible says your righteousness is a filthy rags. The Bible says how we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Your best works are no good. The very best you do, the best that you attempt to do, will get you nowhere. In fact, in the truth you know, your best works take straight to hell. Who gave himself for us, we refer to such as atonement, mercy, grace, love, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, that's all of your past, that's all of your present, that's all of your future sins. That's good news, that's very good news. All of my years as a Roman Catholic, I was never told that. All of my years going to church, doing this and doing that, so I was never guaranteed. I mean, right now, everlasting life. I'm purified as a himself, a peculiar people, an unusual group of people, a people that take a stand, a people that raise their voices, zealous of good works. This is good works. To stand in the street, corner, preaching, in the boring rain, isn't necessarily easy, and yes, it's very rewarding. If just one sinner repents, if just one person comes to the Savior, if just one person gets born again, all is good. On top of that, Almighty God is greatly blessed, greatly glorified when he sees one of his children standing on a street corner, preaching about Jesus Christ, everlasting life, zealous of good works, so until you are saved, you can never do enough good works. There are many people in this country that are into charity. They offer their time for nothing. It could be for a secular charity or a religious charity. They go door to door. They raise money for charities. They collect funds for this and that, depending on the other cost. But we call that humanism. If you do that in lieu of a relationship with the Lord, it's all in vain. He wants you to be born again. He wants you to receive him. He wants you to be forgiven. What is the blood we like to say? 
they state fake and exhaust and rebuke with all authority that no man despise thee. So when it comes to street work, it's a great blessing for us to travel to a place like Preston. And as I was saying, we were last here maybe 10 years ago, get the banner up, preach about the Lord Jesus Christ, honor him, glorify him, but to ultimately to try to reach out to people. It is like this. I would like to think if some of you people here in Preston today have received something amazing, thanks to the Lord, I'd like to think you would share it with other people, with other people, keep their religion to themselves, not us. The Lord Jesus Christ will say to the apostles to go to the whole world and preach the gospel. We don't want to keep it to ourselves. If I was to share some statistics with you, I can tell you this, that every year around 56 million people die. That's around 150,000 every 24 hours. That's around 7,000 an hour. A lot of people. I don't take for granted that all those people were saved, born again, I have to assume that perhaps many were not. But after that, the kindness, another God our Savior, Lord man, appeared, not the work of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he hath saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. It's a free gift. When we speak about love, most people think it's about a man meeting a woman, or meeting a man, rings, being a stranger. This goes far more than an ordinary marriage. In your sin, my sin, our sin is so great. That number one, only God himself can forgive you. But number two, he's chosen one way to do so. I mean, just one way. The death of a sinless man. A man who never, uh, never sinned, never lied, never failed. I mean, never. Not even once. You can't say that about yourself. All of the greats back in the Bible failed time after time, but only one person was able to say he was victorious, was able to honor the Lord 24 7. Which he shed on us abundantly to Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I can appreciate that some people, they're very much focused on the here and now, that's kind of normal, and yet it'll be nice to think about some people in the somewhat windy city of Preston that are safe, that know the Lord, and are caring for all of eternity. You might say, well, let me ask the question, why do we need to be saved? You want to tell me all sins? When the Lord made man, man was made perfect and upright. Sin came into the equation, man fell, and the Lord had to redeem his creation. He wouldn't be much of a creator if he wasn't prepared to redeem his creation. And he did so by the blood of the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. You say, why do so many people hate God? Why do so many people blaspheme? Almighty God, why do so many people hate the Son of God shows in vain? Because they're wicked, they're evil, they're sinful. That's why so many people like to use them as a cup word. Psychologically, they are rebelling. Psychologically, they are kicking against the 
grace of God, the forgiveness of sins. But this verse really talks to me. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, to a man of not that work of righteousness, which we have done. You can't save yourself. You may say, Will I go to church? You may say, Can I do this? Can I do that? He won't get you anywhere. If you're not born again, if you haven't received Almighty God's conditional plan of salvation, you know, better off than I was before I was saved. But hey, but showing all good fidelity that they may adore the doctrine of God our Saviour in all things. Worship the Lord, honour the Lord. That's what mankind was made for. He wasn't made to do a certain thing. He was made for intimate worship, intimate fellowship. Adam was tested and failed. Eve was tested and failed. The serpent was tested and failed. Jesus was tested and succeeded. Did you people spend any time looking at history? And you can spend any time looking at well known men and women. I would like to think that it's not any level of honesty. You will see in five seconds that Jesus Christ stands far superior to anyone else. It was perfect in word, thought, and deed. With the life that you could live. But on top of that, he fulfilled the law which you could not do. He pleased the law in a way that you could never do. The Bible says if you believe on that, if you trust in that, you are saved, and above that, you are kept saved. I'll just close with one more verse to really honor the Lord and explain one of the reasons why we're here today as Bible-related Christians. Look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We are looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to return. The Bible says by the day when he will return. When he came the first time, it was like stage one. When he comes the second time, it's like stage two. Or you can play. It says to be continued. You watch any kind of a sitcom, any kind of a drama. Part one, part two, part three. God's plan was to create the world, he did that. Send his son to redeem the world, he did that. Allow the world to receive his son. And by the time of Lord's choosing, his son will return to the world to be with his people, to rule and reign for one literal thousand years. That's good news. He gave himself for us, that he might redeem us all iniquity. That's a word that he must not anymore. Iniquity means sin. It means to miss the mark. It means to dishonor the Lord. It means to become guilty in the sight of the Lord. I would think that most people Press and have some understanding between the right and wrong. I'm sure that some people understand why we have courts and magistrates and places of judgment to deal with sinful people, wrong types of people, even that are breaking the rules of law. There has to be a consequence. You can't go through life doing your own thing. If people do that, you've got anarchy and chaos. There has to be rules, regulations. The same is true when it comes to the law. He says, Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. You've all broken them. You've all broken them. I've broken them, you've broken them. But one person never broke them. That man, of course, is Jesus Christ. And one day, he's going to return. And 
that's a great place that we all look forward to, those of us which believe in the Bible, love the Lord Jesus Christ, honour the Lord. We try to do so through our lives, but ultimately we do so to the Lord Jesus Christ who lives inside of us. And we preach a message of hope. We preach a message of reconciliation. We preach a message of forgiveness. We preach a message of relationship. Having one sins forgiven. I know that some of people are tortured, tormented. They've got uh, problems, sins in their lives going back many years. And they visit their doctors on a regular basis. They are prescribed antidepressants. They consult counsellors, psychiatrists, psychotherapists. But these people go back week after week, month after month, sometimes year after year, trying to get peace, trying to get joy. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ gives you the perfect peace, the peace which passes all understanding. The Bible speaks about a day when the Lord will go back to heaven and prepare a mention for those that love here. Well, I'd like to think that we need questions later the day that our work has been done here. That people have heard a